listening to a Sharesies podcast. It's Tuesday, the 1st of March. You are listening to Recap, brought to you by Sharesies. Sharesies is a wealth development platform where our purpose is to create financial empowerment for everyone. Here's a disclaimer. Investing involves risk. You aren't guaranteed to make money and you might lose the money you started with. Any information we provide is general only and current at the time. If you're looking for help with your investment choices, we recommend talking to a licensed financial advice provider. G'day there, Alice. Hey, Jose. First day of autumn. Oh, is it? Is it? I was going to say it's just yeah. the 1st of March, but you've, you've, you've topped me there. <laughs> it's, it's autumn yeah. already. I know, I sort of, it was New Year's and then I blinked and then it's March, but yeah. that happens. Uh, and my air conditioning still hasn't turned up. My heat pump still hasn't turned up. Hopefully it will in time for winter. Oh, hopefully, fingers crossed. But Alice, uh, got to say, some really great responses so far in the recap audience survey. Oh yeah, that's right. Uh, so the survey, what have people been saying? Yeah, let's have a quick, uh, quick peek at all the responses uh, by far and away people say they like to listen to recap while they're out walking uh, and washing dishes so far is a, a close second to that uh, the most relatable response though was the person who said they uh, listened at home after 7 p.m and on the couch to that person i say you are seen and you are loved beautiful stuff and don't forget that by answering the survey you go into the draw to win a 50 dollars shearsies gift you will find a link to the survey in the episode description all right, so let's check in, check in with the latest developments on the Russian invasion of Ukraine. Jose, yesterday you were saying that representatives on both sides were to meet for talks. How did they go? Yes, Russian and Ukrainian delegations met for talks on the Belarus and uh, Ukrainian border last night, New Zealand time. Uh, the talks concluded after five hours with no resolution, apart from an agreement to meet again in the coming days. And other news, uh, fears that the US might be distracted by the crisis in Ukraine prompted the American President Joe Biden to offer a show of support to Taiwan. The US has descended a, a delegation of former senior defence and security officials to the island. Uh, this comes as Taiwan has stepped up its alert level, caused by fears China may move against the island while the West is occupied with Russia. Now, Taiwan pulled away from uh, mainland, mainland China after World War II. Ever since then, tensions have been high, as China claims the island is still part of the republic. Taiwan uh, accounts for 60% of the world's contract manufacturers of semiconductors and, and has been increasingly turned to during disruptions in the global computer chip supply. And Russia is becoming increasingly isolated by Western companies. The oil company Shell is getting out of a number of ventures with Gazprom, the Russian state-owned energy company. BP is also divesting itself of Russian partnerships. It's walking away from a 20% stake in the Russian oil company Rosneft. Close to home in Australia, superannuation funds are reviewing if they need to withdraw investments uh, from Russian assets. Uh, the New South Wales government says it will sell off $75 million from its super fund. And in Aotearoa, Fonterra's pulled shipments of dairy to Russia, while attention is increasingly being paid to New Zealand's super fund ties to Russian investments. According to the research charity Mindful Money, New Zealand investment funds have more than $100 million invested in uh, Russian bonds and companies. 
Managers of the New Zealand Super Fund say they are assessing the implications of Russia's actions under its responsible investment policy. So Alice, as we see, companies are putting pressure on Russia, but now a whole range of government sanctions have come into effect. What's been the impact so far? Well, as you discussed a bit on recap yesterday, Jose, the response from Western leaders has been centred around economic penalties, like suspending Russia from the SWIFT global banking system, freezing the foreign assets of the Russian central bank, and even targeting the assets of really wealthy Russians. Now, on top of that, as you just mentioned, you've also got foreign investors and uh, pulling their money out of Russian investments and foreign businesses putting pressure on Russia as well. Now, these moves are aimed at putting the Russian economy under pressure. As senior administration officials said in the US, our strategy, to put it simply, is to make sure that the Russian economy goes backward as long as President Putin decides to go forward with his invasion of Ukraine. And are we seeing any results from this? Yes, the Russian financial system is starting to show signs of pressure. The ruble, which is Russia's currency, collapsed to a record low exchange rate against the US dollar yesterday. That makes it much more expensive for Russia to import goods and increases the prices of things and pushes up inflation. Now, as a response, Russia's central bank yesterday more than doubled interest rates to 20%. The Russian stock exchange also remained closed on Monday after it tanked last week, with the benchmark index falling 33% on Thursday alone, and the exchange will also remain closed again today. And because of the financial instability, Russians were lining up at ATMs to get their money out of the banks. Now that in itself is yet another risk and pressure to Russia's financial systems, uh, with a lot of people wanting to withdraw their money all at once. Thanks very much for that explainer. So looking a bit broader now, what's the impact continuing to be on financial markets around the world? Yeah, well, as we've been saying for the last few days on Recap, we are seeing a bit of volatility or bumpiness in markets at the moment as the events unfold and investors assess the economic and financial risks that come with new information about the conflict. And what have the markets done this week? Well, you're sort of going back a little bit further. Last week, we saw the S&P 500 in the US drop upon news of the invasion, but subsequently starting to recover. Well, after a couple of days of gains, it decreased to 0.3% yesterday. Uh, back here in New Zealand, the NZX50 closed yesterday up three, 0.3% higher and is up 1.5% uh, again today at the time of recording. Uh, in Australia, the ASX 200 closed 0.7% higher yesterday and is sitting up another 1% today. Now remember that there's always multiple factors driving share markets at any one time, but the conflict is weighing in on share markets around the world and might continue to for some time. Now while no one knows what the future will bring, historically we have seen New Zealand, Australian and US share markets recover from geopolitical conflicts around the world. Uh, Uncertainty though can be unsettling, but it's important to remember that share markets do go up and down uh, and it's all part of uh, the investing journey. Thank you very much, Alice. All right, so moving on now to company news for today. On the New Zealand Stock Exchange, Vista Group International released its full-year financial results this morning. I, I can't recall if we've talked about Vista Group before. What do they do? 
Yeah, so Vista provides a range of software and tech solutions to the global film industry. So, for example, software to cinema management and film distribution. Now, the group is headquartered in New Zealand, but operates internationally uh, with offices in the US, UK, South Africa, the Netherlands, and even Mexico. Now, Vista is also listed on the New Zealand Stock Exchange with a market cap at the time of recording of around $465 million. So tell me about these results today. These were for Vista's 2021 financial year, which ended on the 31st of December. And to put it in the words of Vista, the future is bright and the industry is back. Oh, so dramatic. Uh, What do you mean by that? Yeah, so to provide some context behind that statement, Vista was hit hard by the pandemic in 2020 when cinemas and the film industry around the world uh, were brought to a standstill with lockdown restrictions. The company even raised some money in April 2020 to get it through those times. But today, the group reported a bounce back in its performance as people started to go to the movies again, with the group highlighting stabilised market conditions, cinemas largely open, and blockbuster movies released on schedule. And how did that translate into Vista's financials? So revenue for the year came in just over $98 million, uh, which was 12% higher than the previous year. EBITDA, or earnings before interest, tax, depreciation and amortisation, came in at $6.5 million. That was an improvement from a $12 million EBITDA loss the year before. Vista also highlighted that both revenue and EBITDA came within the guidance that it had provided to the market. Then when you look at the bottom line, so net profit, the group made a loss of $9.8 million, uh, but that's an improvement on the almost $52 million loss it made the year before. And what did Vista say about its outlook? Well, for the industry in general, Vista says that cinemas are open with few operating restrictions and moviegoers are attending in big numbers and that there's a strong box office year ahead with a resilient industry outlook. Uh, Vista said that providing the current level of box office recovery continues through this year, it expects revenue growth of around 20% for this year, providing a revenue guidance range of between $118 and $123 million. Oh, thank you very much, Alice. Let's finish up today on some news from Rocket Lab. The space company launching payloads into infinity and beyond revealed its full year results for the 2021 financial year. Busy time for them because they also had their first launch for the year from their base at Mahia Peninsula, right? Yeah, that was their 24th mission overall from the second launch pad, newly built at the site. They also confirmed today the first launch of the larger crew-carrying Neutron rocket, which is due for liftoff in 2024 at a new complex to be built in Virginia and the United States. Okay, let's get into the results. What were the key figures? So Rocket Lab recorded a net loss of 117 million US dollars for the 12 months ending December 2021. That's compared to the 55 million dollar loss reported in 2020. However, revenue increased from the last year. Rocket Lab posted an increased revenue of $62 million for the period. That was a 77% increase from the 35.2 million recorded in the previous year. And what were they saying about the next quarter? 
Uh, at the earnings call, CEO Peter Beck said that the company's backlog of confirmed contracts was looking positive. Uh, so from the third to the fourth quarter of 2021, the, that uh, value of that backlog grew to $241 million from uh, $183 million and is currently sitting, according to Peter Beck, at $545 million. But their guidance for the first quarter of 2022 has revenue to be somewhere between $42 and $47 million. Uh, they are also expecting a net loss for that period between 35 point, uh, 32.5 and 34.5 million. And that was recap for the 1st of March. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, it'll be a real help if you gave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or even Spotify. Our email is recap at sharesies.co.nz and you can also leave a voice message. There is a link in the episode description. And we'll see you tomorrow. We sure will. Matewa.